0: Do you want to meet myself and Ollie Davis of Wrestle
1: Ramble fame? Well, you can do just that by joining us at Wrestling Media Con on September 8th and 9th from the Bowlers Exhibition Center in Manchester, England. Ollie and I will be doing a live episode of Wrestle Ramble as well as signings and photos, but that's not all. Wrestling Media Con will have shows from Cultaholic, Inside the Ropes, Wrestling with Regret, Don Callis, Botchermania, Art of Wrestling, Sean Waltman, and more. There will also be the first ever wrestling media Hall of Fame and wrestling shows from Impact Wrestling where they will be taking on the best the UK has to offer and Revolution Pro Wrestling featuring the legendary Jushin Thunder Liger defending his British J Cup crown. Tickets are on sale now so head over to wrestlingmediacon.com. That's wrestlingmediacon.com.
2: Support WrestleTalk. Give us a subscribe. Making their way to the ring at a combined weight of undeniably sexy, hailing from London, the Wrestle Ramble Podcast! Hello and welcome to the Wrestle Ramble Podcast. I am Ollie Davis, and I'm joined by Lee Hello Swift Nation, and a hello to you, Oliver Davis. How the devil are you? I am riding high off of a... WOS screaming yesterday. We did indeed, indeed. So episode one. We we're embargoed. We can't go
1: into details. But because this episode is coming out on a Saturday, in just a few hours' time, you will actually get to hear our thoughts on it because you're going to get a bonus podcast that's going to be released about 6pm UK time, which will be just after World of Sports finished, and we'll have a review of the first episode and our thoughts
2: about the show itself. So if you're in the UK, watch it on ITV1 at 5pm. If you're abroad... I'm sure Daily Motion has a version for you eventually.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm yeah. sure there'll be
2: some way for you to find it.
3: Yeah, uh,
1: and let us know what you thought of it. We're going to have a review episode, a bonus podcast that'll be coming out today.
2: Mm. But uh, just, uh, just like a quick summary. Bloody exciting! Yes, bloody exciting for British wrestling. Absolutely. What do you got planned for the weekend? Um, my lady partner is working all weekend. I've got a ten. 10K- oh my god, I've got a ten k on Saturday morning. Have you? I forgot about that. Well it's yeah. good you've
1: just remembered now
2: Well I kind of peri- periodically remember every four hours Oh okay And it shocks me and I'm- <gasps> God dang it go. On Saturday morning Saturday morning That's Round sweet. the velodrome in- Not round the velodrome Of course that's the bike place Where the, uh, the, the, the floor is sloped mm. To allow bikes to go round quicker for the Olympics So I don't think I'll be running round that No that's That'll like be a dangerous degree angle. No I'm not running that fast uh, maybe get behind a few people in those yeah, in slip, those things slipstream yeah very carefully try and go round them for age oh no no i'm going i'm going i'm going but that would give you a boost like mario kart right if you get behind someone you get a bit of a boost when you overtake them yeah i'm hoping to pick up quite a lot of weapons as i run around yeah banana peels be very good during a, a running race I yeah imagine. or yeah. i mean i just want the big bullet yeah <laughs> oh yeah that carries you a long way i'm just gonna hang out at the back <laughs> until i get the bullet or the star
1: uh, right before we do carry on, what
2: are you doing this weekend?
1: Oh, um, my parents and my in-laws and me and my wife are all going out for dinner because my parents are moving soon. Uh, they're moving halfway up the country to Herefordshire, so um, this will be like the last time that the sort of six of us are all going to be very close, like in you know in the same town. So we're going out for a nice meal and I'm picking them up on the Saturday and taking them over to my in-law's house. We're going to open up like a bottle of bubbly before we head off into town and things like that sort of. So I'm very much looking forward to that. Also, I mean, I'm to, uh, this is kind of like tomorrow, uh, Friday slash Saturday as well. Um, because my parents are moving, they've got all of my stuff still from when I was at university. Oh, yeah. and you're a hoarder. I'm a bit of a hoarder. 45 boxes worth of stuff that I've got to go through and start sorting out. A lot of stuff I'm going to kind of like like separate up and just take it down to CEX and just get some money for it, you know, just cash it in. Some of the stuff I want to keep, some of the stuff I want to take back to my current house, but my parents have very kindly offered that whatever I can't take, they're just going to take up to their new place and I'll just pick it up at some point.
2: That's going to be harder. Well, it is,
1: but I'm going to go see them anyway.
2: So Mm. sometimes I can
1: just pick stuff up and take it back. I mean, like, the majority of the stuff that i've got I do, our house isn't big enough for it so it'd be for when we have our forever home when we do our, when we buy our next house and
2: i've got more space come on man we're adults now we can't store stuff at our parents places <laughs> of course you can. we're adults <laughs> my stuff's all gone yeah didn't even tell me went back one weekend and uh i can't remember how oh they they just get they gave a load of my old star wars toys to uh my sister's boyfriend's son nice and a load of stuff they just threw away
1: we see my my mother she told me a story that like they had some family friends that were kind of helping them sort through stuff and like they were kind of like piling stuff that that's mine into a specific corner because that's where i'm going to go through and start sorting stuff out and they pick out like all of my real ghostbusters figures like the firehouse and stuff they'd be like oh is this going over i was like no no that's coming with us yeah although it is (laughs) it's luke stuff but that's coming that's coming to the, the house with us
2: is uh so you've got the
1: Luke pile, I guess. What about your brother? Is that a smaller he's, pile? He's already taken this stuff because he's moved into his house mm, now. his forever house.: I, No it's not because they're still renting then. but this is they, their house, despite the fact that they are renting, is so big, it's massive. And they're getting at such a good rate that he's got the space that he can take all of that sort of stuff. And, but it's and in Wales, isn't it? Yes, it is they in They just w-
2: give out houses there just yeah. to
1: get people to come over. I think so. But anyway, like, so yeah, they, they've got um, a lot of space there.
2: Whereas I don't really
1: have that in my two bed masonette. But um, anyway, I've got to give you a quick Patreon poll update. Okay, here now, it is. Now, bearing in mind. Or do
2: you not want to do this? In the outro, because you tease it in the show.
1: Oh, that's true, actually. Yeah, so maybe I'll... Yeah, we'll do it in the outro instead. Mm. Yeah, good shout. So in which case, then, I'm going to read out a quick bit of correspondence before we get into the show. Would
2: you like a Rusev Hey, I would, but just to peel back the curtains, this is one of the first days that El Fakador has been in for a full day. Mm-hmm. Usually he'd just come in... He's just doing a little thing. <laughs> uh, usually he'd just come in, shoot the news, say some cool Lucha stuff, <coughs> and flip... Yeah, flip all the way back to the tube station. But uh, no, he's he's get. We're in here doing the ramble, and he's he's in the other room he's as a- we can see him through a window. <laughs> he was editing
1: and watching <laughs> NXT, which was a massive distraction for me while I was watching. Yeah, because I could see him watching
2: the 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 champer, Alistair Black. Match. He, he's doing a thumbs up. I think he's saying that the NXT episode was good. Oh, okay, cool. So it was good. And now he's just—is that a middle finger? I'm sure it's fine. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure it's fine. Is he, just, is he putting on a Cultaholic t shirt? I don't think it's. He's so. trustworthy. He's so trustworthy. He's trustworthy. I'll
1: give you a quick ruse of hay before we get into the main show. Uh, hi, guys. Keep up the good work. My story starts when there were free tickets for the first televised episode of Five Star Wrestling. So I got to go with my parents and saw my two favorite wrestlers of all time, Rey Mysterio and John Morrison. So the whole story is who will win the tournament to face John Morrison for the five star title. I actually watched this because it was on. Um, Spike. Five! Five!
2: Well, yeah, for not five star. Yes,
1: yes, you're right. It was on five star, yeah, which yeah. I think they then renamed to Spike. It might have been. Yes, like so that, yeah, so we've been
2: pushing. I mean, the the WOS stuff. If you if you if you think it will be the other one, this WOS is. The production quality is considerably higher. Yeah, and there's probably more people Yeah, there yeah. as well, yeah.
1: Definitely. Uh, yeah, uh, Ray eventually wins, spoilers, and they have a great match uh, working over each other's injuries. The match ends and John is walking up the ramp, so I rush and I pat him on the back and I say, hey, good match. He turns around and says, that's what we do. And I realise that I just spoke to him. I fall off the stage in awe and I hurt my back. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it doesn't sign off with that's wrong, but it's from uh, Football and WWE Supercard Crazy Plays. Nice. So, that's a
2: that's a weird given name. Yep. Parents just really really into WWE Supercard I guess. I think it's sponsorship. You can spo- get get a sponsored child. <laughs>
1: Uh, we have got another quick Rusev Hey here from Christopher Hale. Good afternoon, Ollie and Luke. And it is actually the afternoon they're recording this. Really? Well, oh, it's half past three. Uh, good afternoon, Ollie and Luke. This is my first email as a member of the SWAT Nation, and I am a big fan of the show. My Rusev Hey involves Robbie E of Impact fame, and whom also had a trial for the WWE Performance yeah. Center recently. And I think he's one of the ones that they they're signing up really the ones who were like he did good well he's he's very good yeah the boy done good uh this was a couple of years ago when he was performing at a local indie show in whitehall new york oh man you live in new york it's the coolest place he was signing autographs for fans and one fan in particular had special needs and was visibly nervous and or slash excited to meet a real life wrestler he was fumbling his words and seemed very shy robbie e then rolled his eyes was shocked um and i was shocked that he was like this to a fan let alone a young fan with special needs irritated the events that went on before my eyes. I was next in line to meet, and he reached out to shake my hand and I looked him in the eye and told him he was a dick and I walked away. Luckily, Donovan know. Dijek was at the same show, and he was more than happy to sign a picture for me and sell some merch. Thanks guys, keep up the good work from the Green Mountain State, Vermont.
2: Oh, you're not from uh, New York or from Canada.
1: but yeah, Robbie E
2: acting like a, like a little dick. was well, it? so, so the, the the younger chap went to get something signed, and Robbie E said no Robbie essentially
1: rolled his eyes at him.
2: Oh, that's a shame.
1: It is a shame. You know, sometimes these—they're not all Rusev Hayes are happy stories. Yeah, they're Rusev
2: unhappy. <laughs> unhappy. It's <laughs> <That's> the best <laughs> I can think of.
1: In all fairness, Rusev Hay is very much just something that we.
2: No, Rusev Hay is great. <laughs> if you say so, man. I—I uh, I mean, let, let's not judge R- Robbie E because you know he, there could be many reasons why he, he could have seen something behind. Uh, the person happened that's why he rolled his eyes maybe
1: absolutely maybe but yeah so that's what we've got time for for the intro portion of this show we will be back after this episode where we're talking about Chris Jericho going to Impact Wrestling we're also going to talk about Matt Riddle and those WWE rumours Andrade Siamas getting a big push off that AJ Styles match just like I predicted he would and we've also got your shout outs crap gimmicks and mailbags enjoy the show
2: Today we're starting with what I think is one of the larger news stories of the week. Because usually these sorts of things are quite speculative or just wrestlers teasing stuff on social media. But there's too many things in place here. Particularly the events at Slammiversary. I think that's the real telling sign. where well, this could actually happen. Um, So it's Chris Jericho, of course. He has appeared for WWE this year at Raw 25. And the Greatest Royal Rumble. Pretty sure those are the only ones. I think it's just those two. And he's also wrestled for New Japan. Uh, he did Alpha vs Omega at Wrestle Kingdom 12, then he, re- then he set up the Naito match. He is the current IWGP Intercontinental Champion. It's easy to forget that fact. Mm. He won't be around for quite some time I don't think. But he's, he's said in interviews in the past, this is stuff in Japan. I would never do anything in North America. Out of respect for Vince McMahon, he has a tremendous amount of respect for the man. This is, you know, as you can read his books, he's the man who brought him in, saved him from WCW. Not always smooth sailing, but by and large, he's got an enormous amount of respect for him. So he wouldn't, what he sees as, go against Vince on Vince's North American territory. And I think Vince... (laughs) <laughs> in the same way, has the similar
1: feeling towards Jericho. Jericho tells the story that when he first signed with WWE, the first meeting he had with WWE was at Vince's house. He was asked to fly in, and they had a driver pick him up and drove him over to Vince's house. And Jericho essentially sat in on a booking meeting. Bearing in mind he was a WCW wrestler at the time, he sat in on a WWF booking meeting, and he realised later on, I was like, "Oh, that was a test to see if I would go back to WCW mm. and tell them what they had planned." And he didn't, which is why
2: they've got a very good relationship. Yeah, and you always hear these stories backstage of Jericho being one of the only guys, even when he first debuted in the company, to stand up to people. You know, he's got, he has got stood up to Goldberg. He stood up to Brock Lesnar after SummerSlam 2016 with the Randy Orton elbow thing. He was like, you know, what the hell are you doing? And the, apparently there was a brief altercation there. If there's a bad idea, Jericho will say to Vince McMahon... That's a bad idea.
1: He was uh, heavily pushing to change the ending of SummerSlam 2010. Him yeah, and, him and Edge were saying like, "This is
2: a terrible way to finish a pay per view, and it will kill this group dead." And it did. And it did. And and so and that's the Nexus, of course. And Vince McMahon seems to, when you read interviews about the guy, he he both doesn't and does want you to question him. <laughs> yes. And it just seems to be grab, case by case basis. Grab that brass ring. Yeah. If you're the right person to grab... <laughs> if I like you. If I want you to grab the bu- the brass ring, grab the brass ring. But I'm not going to tell you who. No.
1: Yeah. And if you do grab it when I don't want you to grab it, then all, you're in trouble, mate.
2: Yeah. Uh, but Chris Jericho was one of the guys who they're on the same page of. And... Like apparently, Vince was always on board with the Kenny Omega match. Yeah,
1: Jericho went to Vince and said, "Like, I've got this idea. I want to go to New Japan and have this match with Kenny Omega." And Vince said, "That
2: sounds like a great idea. You should definitely go and do it." Yes, and in inter- these are recent interviews as well, uh, Jericho has said, "I'm not go like I'm not going to do anything in North America out of respect for Vince." Uh, one example being, you know this story better than I, when Jericho nearly went to TNA about a decade ago. Yeah, oh
1: yeah, that's right, yeah, he wanted to do that, but because Vince has always had his back, and because he and Vince have got this sort of relationship, he didn't want to go to TNA, because he was like, well, why would I disrespect a man who helped put me on the map, really? Like, he, like Vince made him a bigger star than, than Bischoff and WTW ever did, so why would he then go across to TNA when, you know... I don't want to turn my back on the people that I like. And he's always happy to just go back to WWE, put on a spangly jacket, and walk out and have matches.
2: So that's, that's been the case up until, I would say, Sunday. <laughs> Last Sunday at Slammiversary. Because before then, I thought Jericho's never going to go. He's never going to turn his back on Vince McMahon. Like, not even for New Japan. So definitely not for Impact, who he hasn't even wrestled for yet. Or even though there's a Don Callis connection there, who they're very good friends with. They both come from Winnipeg, uh, and that you know they're they're very good friends outside. Pod Don Callis thing. was the man responsible for bringing Jericho in to Ring of Honor, to New Japan. Yes, of course. Yeah. Uh, so now we're going to start presenting evidence <laughs> for how this has been chipping away in my mind. Exhibit one, a. or A, A. Exhibit one Uno A is last year. Chris Jericho announced that he would be having uh, a rock and rock and rager rock
1: and wrestling rager at sea I've said it enough times in the news now that I now know it's Chris Jericho's rock and wrestling rager at sea tickets are still available if you want to go and check it out Ollie Davis will not be going on that uh, trip because he gets terribly seasick he gets seasick uh, and motion sickness playing Super Mario Kart on the SNES. Yeah, I'm not very well built for reality sometimes. <laughs> I was playing Castlevania Four the other day on mm-hmm. the SNES, and you were like, I cannot look at the screen. Yeah, it was I making you stop. feel
2: very ill. It's the one with the rotating room. And apparently he initially approached WWE and said it would be great if NXT could have a presence on this. And this is like Jericho he's this is his own money by all accounts. He said this yeah. himself that to set up it's a huge gamble And hopefully it pays off for him. And Triple H apparently said no. It went there. A lot of back and forth discussions,
1: and I think Jericho said it was just like it's a typical WWE move that you kind of like they leave you hanging for a long time just so you can get a call from someone who you haven't spoken to previously to say that we've decided to pass. Okay, so that's the first bit of friction. That's Mm. the first bit there. And I was, but that was that was last year. Yeah. So that, that friction was last year. He then did the did Raw twenty five, the greatest Royal Rumble. So there's still mm. some mm. relationship stuff there, and it was also in the, still in the lead up
2: to um, Omega Jericho, uh, Omega Alpha. But then, uh, apparently, one of the reasons Vince probably was okay with Jericho versus Omega was because he thought it was a one off, a one time deal, and we all thought that as well. Yeah, How, Jericho wouldn't stay for one more match, but he did, and he went into a program with Naito, and. Dave Meltzer has revealed that Vince was not happy with this. Yeah, he was uh, not not pleased that mm. they did the second deal. And now Jericho's holding a championship belt for the company, a company that itself is trying to expand into North America, onto Vince's, onto Vince's land. Get off my lawn. Yeah, so, okay, that's another side of things. And then, Sunday, uh Don Callis... Spends a large part of the Sammy Callahan and Pentagon Junior match, extraordinary match, and um, it's unfair to say a large part. But yeah, it, yeah, was, yeah. Like the, it the, was there. The opening
1: five minutes were very much like a: Have you heard that Chris Jericho is having a rock and wrestling rage? Tickets are available now. You should definitely go because Sammy Callahan is going to be there, and he's facing Marty Skull. And then it was
2: very, and then he tries to just like, but right now he's facing Pentagon Junior. Let's talk about that. But Callahan and Jericho have been building up a feud as well online Yes like the way the storyline angle Impact announced that they'll be on Jericho's cruise is through Callahan calling out Impact Management ROH who were also on the on the the Racine cruise and Jericho called like Jericho's one of the biggest bitches out there mm. And that was the angle to set up Jericho saying, Okay, well you're all invited and you're all on board. Impact are now working with Jericho, but not in a, a broadcast sense. And they're calling it Impact versus ROH. Yeah. Like that's the, that's the kind of the big sort of why you should go onto this tour to see Impact V ROH and the mm. first of that is Callahan versus Skull. So so that starts to happen. And you've got this so you've got this Jericho Callahan feud bubbling away that Callahan is referencing on Slammiversary. So that was Sunday. And then uh, on Tuesday, I think it was, in some just a Q&A session on Twitter, Chris Jericho answered someone's tweet question about whether he'd ever consider going to Impact with, of course, exclamation point. This is a completely different answer to what's been said even like a couple of months ago. Well, you've got to remember as well, I think, in Chris Jericho's
1: mind, is that where is uh, Impact currently taping at the moment? Canada. So it's not North America. It is North America, but it's not in the America, man. That's that's Vince's soil.
2: So he's North th- America does include Canada, Canada yes. as a continent.
1: Yes, but I believe that he's. It almost feels like it's like that asterisk. Mm. It's like
2: what I said was true from a
1: certain point of view.
2: Yeah, I won't work in. I won't do anything in New York, but Canada's fine. Anything above the forty ninth parallel, it's it's, <laughs> uh, it's okay. Uh, so, but uh I nearly said TNA. It's, it's, sometimes it sneaks in. Impact. In, in all fairness, I was doing that yesterday when I was interviewing yeah. SoCal Val, uh, Have announced. Oh, sorry, there's that name you dropped. Sorry, no, thank you very so much, SoCal Val. Put that in my pocket. Uh, yeah, uh, Impact announced after Slammiversary that Bound for Glory, their version of WrestleMania, will take place in New York. Yeah, that's a big market for yeah. them. Really big night. And this feels like it's it's almost come out of nowhere. Really, because
1: very much the since Impact have been kind of like trying to rebuild themselves after the whole Dixie Carter, Billy Corgan nonsense and all that sort of stuff that happened there. Since Ed Nordholm has essentially taken over with Callis and Scott D'Amore and Sanjay Dutt. They kind of started of like doing the same thing. We're doing everything still in the impact zone. We're going to keep everything there for the moment. And then it was like, okay, we'll do some bits in Canada, and we're doing some taping in Canada. We'll do a pay per view in Canada for the Slammiversary there. And then all of a sudden, they're like, oh, now we're going to New York. Like we are because they sold out Slammiversary, mm. like a legit seller. They sold a thousand tickets. So happy for them. Sold a thousand tickets for the show, and um, yeah, now they're going to go and try and replicate
2: that success in New York. And that's like a very smart move, I think, because New York, the 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 wrestling appetite is very rampant there. You've done Canada already. I was going to say, unless we forget as well, they're coming over to the UK for for wrestling media Con. Oh, yes, of course. <laughs> In September 8th and 9th, uh, tickets available. and Come meet us there. So... Bound for Glory is November time, usually. First week of November. October, late October. It's usually late October, yeah. Is it? Well, it always used to be. They might have, I think it might also okay. be early November. But uh, the Rock and Wrestling Rager at Sea is late October. It is, yes, because it falls over my anniversary, which is why I'm not going. Mm. So I'm just thinking Bound for Glory would be the next big pay-per-view. Because Impact have got a really nice model at the moment, where they've only got a few pay-per-views a year you got there was Redemption, which was sort of the first pay-per-view of the new Callis Amore era. Mm-hmm. And then I guess it will be bound for glory next, around October, November 10. Yes, That ties in very nicely for a Jericho last-minute ticket sales push. Well, if you're going to be... I
1: mean, it's the New York market, which is a very hotbed for wrestling fans. Oh, but... I meant for the cruise. Oh, yeah, for the crew, I suppose, as well. But I'm thinking, like, you know, if you want to bring, if you wanted to do Jericho at Bound for Glory, if you really wanted to, like, push Bound for Glory ticket sales, having a name like Jericho on there is one of those reasons to do it. But it's interesting as well that Jericho, when he did his interview with Inside the Ropes, when he was talking to Kenny McIntosh, he said that. You wouldn't believe the amount of requests I get for people... like Indie bookings, essentially. Mm. A lot of indie promoters go, like, contact Jericho and say, like, would you like to work my show? But Jericho has got this thing... Like, he said I don't want to devalue my name. You know, I don't want to devalue... I don't want to work in front of 100 people. Because I'm Chris Jericho. I work in... I do, you know, the... I do the Tokyo Dome. You know, I do... I do only big shows. Yeah, That's why he said that he wouldn't do All In. Because All In is... Beneath him, now whether that's in character or not so It's a different matter, but he does I think he still has this mentality about him It's like, no, I'm only going to do the big shows So would he consider doing Bound for Glory, which will likely be In front of again a thousand people, would he consider That to be a big show?
2: So Slammiversary Was two thousand? No, that's a thousand but Was it a thousand? It was a thousand, yeah what, no, with the, the... Then, But then he set it up for a thousand Okay um, Well, it. it yeah <laughs> This This is a broadcast show though it's it's difficult to I I totally get that and it sounds like he's being pompous and you're like oh, mate you should just love wrestling but th- that's the completely wrong mindset he's totally right it's a brand it's a brand gotta protect that he's brand. a businessman it's it's and you want to keep your name special and doing those sh- he's totally right to from my perspective
1: yeah I mean you can see like sometimes you see them on YouTube when you see. Um, old stars of the past showing up and wrestling in you know basketball or, you know basketball state mm. I don't know what you call them basketball courts. courts thank you very much it's a court sports games um sports sport. and he's you know in front of 50 people and as a you know you were someone who watched those people wrestle in the 90s and you're like oh this is quite
2: sad no. now isn't it and i think jericho wants to just like i'm gonna mean i'm in the tokyo dome mate but if jericho's all about getting people talking Suddenly turning up In Impact When Impact is You know That's the next Hot up and coming Promotion Which is weird to say Because it's been around For 15 years Or whatever now More than that 17 years Really 17 Oh
1: uh, well, 2002 I think They had their first show Yeah, yeah.
2: Okay So It's That that would be a big move Like that would be Bigger I think Than Jericho Turning up For All In Or ROH mm-hmm. And there's the Callis connection So it's well, Will it happen Should it happen I I would love to see it happen just because it would just be like dropping a bomb into this political landscape of wrestling that hasn't really been rocked for a for two decades. Mm-hmm. And all in is like a little little bomb. But you know, the more the more bombs that can be let off, the more frishes that are going to happen in WWE's monopoly yeah and then hopefully other companies can come up and take those spots. you know another bomb
1: would be you could maybe call this a pipe bomb mm. would be if ROH can convince punk to be at their Madison Square Garden show yeah, yeah. you know that there that's a big bomb you got Jericho wrestling for impact that's another one all in you know all these like tiny little sort of ripples and stuff
2: can shake up the foundations of the the, the American wrestling scene totally and uh good you mentioned that because I nearly forgot thank you Tweet uh, for Jericho's this same Twitter Q&A run. Someone asked him, would you, it would be great to see you show up at the ROH New Japan G1 Supercard uh, at Madison Square Garden on WrestleMania weekend, and he just replied, hmm... I think Jericho. That's as well, very yeah. teasing. Yeah, I but... think Jericho's a very smart man as well. Mm. Jericho knows how
1: to like get people like you and I talking about this sort of stuff, and how to get you know the fans that watch this show getting them talking by doing this. Like him just saying, like, "Of course, I'd consider working for Impact. Of course, I would consider it." Yeah, like that's that's the same thing. He's like, because then if he doesn't, he's like, "Well, I did say I considered it. I just chose not to do it. I... What I said was
2: true." From a certain point of view, and usually I would I would say I would totally be on your side. It's just that it's been reciprocated yep. by Callus oh, on yeah. commentary. That that was really the bit. It's those those two bits. Jericho saying, of course, on Twitter, just so happens to come two days after Callus overtly referencing a Callahan Jericho feud on on Impact. Mm. So yeah, yeah. But I, I guess we'll just have to wait and see.
3: <laughs> dig, dig, diggity, dig, diggity dog.
1: One of the other big bits of news from the week is that massive indie star and the current Evolve champion Matt Riddle is likely on his way to NXT, or well, you know, to WWE, more likely NXT though, and this comes from the fact that Matt Riddle was booked for uh, an Irish promotion called OTT, and that was over SummerSlam weekend, and he's pulled out of those dates. So obviously, that's, you know, a little bit of stoking the fire there. Then he's pulled out of um, September's Battle of Los Angeles with PWG, which he was actually the favourite to win. He'd already agreed to do it. He's pulled out. He's been replaced with Trevor Lee. So that's more sort of stoking the fire there. And uh, a podcast called Map Men
2: Podcast said that their sources have told them that he is set to debut at NXT Brooklyn 4. So probably an on-camera in the crowd job. Like the Keith
1: Lee, the Bobby yeah. Rue, the Drew McIntyre. Yeah, you sit in the crowd and then, you know, he's probably going to wear his hat at a
2: jaunty angle and then the crowd will be like, Oh, it's Matt Riddle! Well, I was thinking about that. I thought, man, NXT do that a lot. That is the, the takeover trope to have someone at ringside who they can cut to, and everyone knows who they are. They have the name bar graphic. Whoa, I can't wait for NXT television going forward. I thought, man, that's very repetitive, actually. Uh, NXT have got themselves stuck in the... Wait a second! What happened at last year's Brooklyn show? What did happen at last year's Brooklyn show? Era. Adam Colton. Oh, yeah, that's right, he did. And he was never set up. And I thought, holy mo... I just, like... NXT have already done the thing that I was going to suggest, NXT improve themselves Gosh, on. That's the day I was really hungover. Yeah. I just remember they've just give me like Vietnam flashbacks of watching that show in bed. And and it's like you it's great. It's a great way to debut people just having them at ringside. But sometimes when you've got someone really special that you you believe in as Adam Cole has proved to be, you can do it. You can deviate and it makes them feel even more special because it's not the same as usual. Mm. Mm-hmm. And you can carry that momentum in right away, take over debut in the ring rather than at ringside. And I thought, man, if, any, if you can do that with anyone, Matt Riddle's the guy to do it with. Yeah, Matt Riddle is really awesome as well.
1: But it's interesting. I think what's the most interesting thing about this story is that three years ago, Riddle aced his WWE tryouts. That's, that's always been the word and that's been what WWE have said. He has aced the tryout and they, are, they have wanted to sign him. And he's only gotten better. He's only gotten better, but he has a penchant for the Marijuana. The wacky-backy. The wacky-backy, some might call it, to the point where he had a few of his UFC wins overturned because he then failed drug tests, and that's why he was fired from UFC, and that's why he turned to professional wrestling. And essentially, WWE were like, we would love to sign you, but uh, we've got, you know, drug policies in place you can't smoke weed even though that a lot of people do it the fact actually it's called the weed tax is the uh, the wwe terminology um i won't i won't mention any names but everyone knows the names that we you know we're probably talking about the, the names on the main roster who also really really like weed probably to the same level that matt riddle does but they're allowed to still be employed and they just play they just pay their weed tax
2: occasionally they get a, a token fine yeah exactly yeah, yeah. a toke and fine. <laughs> very, very good. Thank you.
1: Um,
2: so that's the reason why
1: Matt Riddle has not been signed. It's also the reason why he's never been signed by New Japan, who also have had a lot of interest in Matt Riddle. He was actually booked for New Japan last November. He was going to be at, at the tag team with uh, Jeff Cobb, The Chosen Bros. But Japan, has a, like, as a country, have a very sort of negative view of marijuana. And that's why. And apparently, like the new Japan executive, is just like he's never working here. Absolutely, mm. he's never working here. But they've now had a change of management. Ironically enough, from a Dutchman. Um, so- <laughs> I didn't think of that. From Harold May. <laughs> yeah, so and oh, a, a bludge, <laughs> smoking <laughs> a, a pancake. pancake. So he might. They, they say he might want to go over for a smoking a pancake uh, into cigar and a waffle. <laughs> so- <laughs> new Japan. So apparently, they've both been making a play for him. But the, the word is. It's more likely going to be WWE. Mm. And the the rumour on the grapevine is, because the, the dates just line up like perfectly with him pulling out of OTT, that it will be at Brooklyn 4.
2: Yeah, and New Japan let their performers do stuff like OTT and Battle of Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. So, yeah.
3: yeah. There's, uh... there's,
1: and there'll be no need for him to pull out of those dates if he was going over to New Japan. Oh. Unless you were doing it just to, like... You know, maybe st- mm. stoke the fire. That T-shirt's completely fallen off now. That's an
2: enormous, no- enormously exciting uh, prospect. Oh, it though, would be. Riddle yeah, is fantastic.
1: Absolutely. I mean, Dave Meltzer, I think quite rightly pointed out when he said that if if weed wasn't the issue, then he would a be the top guy in NXT at the moment, and b would be like the number two or three foreigner in New Japan.
2: Oh yeah, the the top guy in NXT, or at least at the very least, a pre-show performer on the main roster. Absolutely. With with. Uh, uh, a caveman gimmick? Oh, no, I it could a, see. It, no, I reckon California Man. <laughs> <laughs> if you're going to give California Man, I'm all in
1: because that's one of my favourite films. I would totally love that. Goes out with Rad Racer. Yes, I'd love that, mate. That'd be awesome.
2: Do you want to do this thing that you've included just <laughs> here?
1: Well, this is a story that came out through PW Insider that are saying, oh, off the back of that AJ Styles match that Andrade C. and Almas had last week. He's scheduled to get a big push. It's almost as if it was a match designed to get someone really over, and it sort of worked. And now he's going to be getting a push off the back mm. of it. I, I mean, just, I mean, I just, I would just like to say, out of the two of us, one
2: of us definitely said that was the what was no, going to happen. No no, 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 no. And one of us said it's a star-making performance. This is the most amazing thing I've ever seen. That's, that's hyperbole. That's and quite the what other one of us said. <laughs> i really enjoyed it <laughs> i didn't think it was the best thing ever but i did enjoy it uh, hey man that match made
1: a star in the most important people's eyes no the creative team backstage the report they never now, said that they, they
2: just said it impressed people backstage impressed they didn't so, say it blew people's minds Almus is now gonna be getting, the second coming getting, of Rey mysterio he's getting
1: a big push out of the back bit man so clearly it worked. let's do some shout outs
2: it's Patreon Pledgehammer shout-out time. If you pledge, how much is it? $25. $25 a month or more. That's insane. Then you get not only your name in wrestling form. You'll see a few of them coming up. We take your name and we try and make it... Into a wrestling style name. Funny. Yeah. You also get inducted into the Talk Hall of Fame. Which isn't a thing much like the real Hall of Fame. But more importantly, you get a Hall of Fame ring yes. get it it's a bell it's a wrestling bell it's very good you also get to submit your suggestions
1: for pay-per-views for us to do our wrestle wrestle ramble extra episodes on in the middle of every month the last month we just did tna destination 2011 destination x 2011. 20- again i did that on yesterday's podcast destination x 2011 and this month oh it's a close battle In fact, I've got a big update for you on that. Oh, no, is 2010 winning? In the podcast intros and outros, I've got an update for you. But I'm going to
2: save it for the podcast. Uh, But you also get to vote for, not vote, um, but suggest. You get to vote as well. But you get to suggest fantasy booking warfare topics. Yes. People also dig. So thank you, Paulie Dangerously German, The $100 man, C.D. Horfer, The craftsman, Blake Carpenter. Michael, name your price. What you talking about, Jerry Willis? Caught in a Travis Webb. Courtney, villainous Havoc Summers. I trust you as Sam Farah as I can throw you. David, Hendrix's God Mackenzie. Christopher the, Christopher, the Condor Johnson. I'm not going to look at the bell. I'm going to see if I can hit it without looking. The incredible Jorge Henriquez. Good yes. start. Rob Ponson Problems Ponson.
1: Oh, nearly, that was almost like Pentagon Junior With the baseball bat
2: <laughs> Matthew Preston City Wrestling Sure, Far From Bland Blandford Stem Cell Robert Stemmon Big Ben Spires Oh that was a close one Dead The Pool Warrior Brennan's Next Top Model Phil Stopford Have you noticed I'm going harder I'm I not know I'm, I'm trying to move my fingers further away The Stepbrother Brennan McCulloch Killer Chris Phillips The Real True Heel Then Bren Jonathan The Headmaster Headman the Major! What have you written down here? The Major of Painesville! That's what it's always been. I just copied and pasted it across. Mayor! Yeah. It should be Mayor. Yeah, that's
1: are spelt with a J. Well, that's the way you've always spelt it. That's how it's always oh, been. Oh, that in the was form. a spelling mistake.
2: Mayor's spelt with a Y. I think, yeah. I think in some countries, yes. Um, but the Mayor of Painesville, the real Dan's Dan, always the bridesmaid. You Dan. get a second, mum. Draft House Games! steep climb james Merhill. i should have done a different inflection because that was the last one (laughs) the rest of them will be
1: read out on next week's raw episode If this is your first time watching and you're wondering, what the heck is a crap gimmick? Crap gimmick is a fun little segment we do on the Saturday show, or at least we think it's fun and a few other people do as well, where you submit to us your crap gimmicks to submit and we would see if we want to sign them to crap gimmick wrestling. Crap gimmicks are essentially, almost think of it like the 1990s WWF way of thinking of you are a wrestler and a blank. And that essentially is what a crap gimmick is we've had some amazing suggestions in over the last few weeks in fact last week's very very strong it was, t- it was close and if you want to submit any crap gimmicks it's luke at wrestletalk.com i'll say that one more time luke at wrestletalk.com i thought i'd say it twice because i still do get a lot of messages from people here like where do i send crap gimmicks to mm. so i thought i would better su- like, say it now luke at wrestletalk.com subject line crap gimmick and i'll find them
2: you're you're immediately disqualified if you have to ask <laughs> stuff, we've already told you. There was because we put a call out for writers uh, for the wrestletalk.com website on Monday's news, mm. and I put, you know, so clear. This is the place. This is the guy you send it to. Here, the, here's the instructions. The instructions are also in the video description below. If you then send in the wrong thing, can't take instructions. can't help you. Yeah, you can't take instructions, mate. Uh,
1: so we've got uh, three crap gimmicks to get through here. If I don't read yours out, it'll be because I've got a backlog. Currently, there are 113 crap gimmicks uh, sat in my inbox. And considering we only do about three a week, it's going to take a while for me to get through some CG of them. CG dub. CG dub indeed. So our first one comes in from Patrick Aylwood Dr. Feelgood and I'm here to help you. Dr. Feelgood is a middle aged doctor who is fit, articulate and educated. Think William Regal or Frasier minus any pompousness. So this is a babyface crap gimmick He's a psychologist whose biggest joy in life is analysing and helping all the heels on the roster with their personal <laughs> issues that make them so angry, bitter and unstable. He refers to his opponent's personal files of which he keeps one on everyone. The Dr. Doctor would talk about their upcoming match as if it would be a clinical session during which he would help his opponent deal with their issues. While wrestling, the doctor is very verbal, constantly communicating with his opponents and giving them advice, both openly and privately as a whisper to conserve client confidentiality with anything serious or too personal. So that is Doctor Feelgood from Patrick Aylwood. Okay, D- you were waiting for it to go. To that, you were waiting for that next step, I suppose. I thought
2: there was going to be more, maybe a few promo bits. Like, how it'd look I guess you've got the Frasier crane mm. uh, that's what I thought of when you said dr feelgood it's um it's it's interesting how that's meant to be a babyface gimmick I can't I can see it getting quite annoying which which would suit itself more to a heel thing mm. uh, yeah I, I mean what do you think I don't, I don't There wasn't much to sink my teeth into there. No, I I
1: quite like some of the ideas in there, Mm. but it's not like a man. That's a that's a complete crap. That's oh man, yeah, and I think I'm with you. I was waiting for that kind of that next step. You know, we kind of had the little setup. Now we need a finisher. We need an entrance. We need yeah. a look. We need this, that, and the other puns. And puns. You know, puns are always good. Well, let's see if Jake Diaz can impress the very hard to impress Oliver Davis. Hi guys, my name is Jake Diaz, and this is my crap gimmick for you. My idea consists of a young lemonade seller who lives in Tijuana. His name. This is this is already good because it's very specific and contrived. Wait for this. His name is Antonio Carter Andaliso Dalton, whose initial spell out, acid. He has a... He is... uh (laughs) He he has a huge and muscular arms from squeezing lemons all day. Then one day, a veteran luchador named El Limon, who's obviously El Lemon, trains him in the legendary art of lucha. The young boy trains with his teacher for a while, but one day his teacher is forced to retire when teaching him the finishing move, the squeeze machine, which is a big head squeeze. And he passes on his mask to his young trainee, who's wrestling now as El Acido. El Acido always has a bag of lemons that he takes to each fight to be able to remember his past and always keep him focused sometimes when he's feeling exhausted by the match he'll squeeze a lemon into his mouth to
2: wake him up and return him in focus. This is really good this is a good crap baby face. I like how much mythology there is there this really fits into a kind of the Mexican soap opera the yep. tell the telenovela style things and and just it's so overwrought and dramatic and, and emotional I, I really like that big yellow mask as well that's like it's a lucha mask that's also shaped a little bit like a lemon I was top. thinking that that's yep. really good and like if it's like if he does get into a proper blood feud which he should you know like a mask versus mask match eventually one of his hardcore spots the other guy's bladed get the lemon oh. squeeze it in yes oh. but that's like not as a heel move just as like I'm a baby face and this is my final move or the heel uses it on him he uses his own lemon against him yeah and there's you know he wouldn't need to cut promos I don't know how good a talker he is. (laughs) But, uh, you know, there's lots of lemon puns you can have. Bitter. Mm. Yep. Other lemon puns. (laughs) I mean, there's so many. But, you know, that's the Intercontinental Breakfast Championship. It's another food-based, or beverage more like, gimmick. I like it. Yeah. So our last one comes... I I really like that. Yes. So our last one comes in.
1: So... um. The, the person who sent this, their email address is just come forth Sophia. So I don't know. And it turns out that's also their YouTube name. And they sent a screen grab of them posting this up into the YouTube uh, comment section we have on our videos. And apparently this one had got 169 thumbs up from other members of the SWAF Nation. So clearly, 69. already it's over okay. with a portion of the, uh, the SWAF Nation. On the Wrestle Ramble. I could have been on the news. Could okay. have been. Uh, don't know where it's from. It was just, he just sent me a screen crap. Up a screen. Yeah. Screen crap. A screen crap.
2: Yeah, that's what it is. <laughs> it's a screen crap. Just a little screen crap. Sorry. <laughs> Pushed it in the corner
1: uh, So the character's name is Ghost And he's billed from the other side He wears all white and paints his face completely white as well His auto-eager gimmick is when he dresses all in black With black face paint Of course this is when it gets personal for him So the gimmick is He is convinced that he is a spirit of the nameless Best wrestler of all time Everyone is fully aware that he obviously isn't a ghost <laughs> Except for him He roams around the back of the locker room Randomly flipping lights on and off Whispering in wrestling ears, throwing random objects across the room, disappearing behind <laughs> doorways and doing other ghostly type things. Entrance music is simply footsteps, knocking, creaks and squeaks. He slowly comes down to the ring in a white robe, floating almost. I mean, they've written here floating on a hoverboard but like, not, let's not let's try and be some realistic shall we? Uh, he has a very evasive wrestling style that includes him sliding out of the ring, disappearing behind his opponents and when they're not looking and hiding under the ring behind the announcer's desk in the barricade and then he pops up to startle them and then attack them his finisher is called the possession in which he attempts to mimic his opponent's finishing trademark moves so that is
2: the ghost i really like the entrance music and i think the central conceit of it is very funny that he is that he thinks he's a great wrestler who's yeah passed on uh but overall i just mm, what do you think there are parts it, the, lemon was strong,
1: yeah, there are parts El of Lamina. this that I do really like, um, but there are other parts of it that I don't think work particularly well. Um, yeah, the possession thing doesn't really work for me. Um, but it's over. It's <laughs> well, over well, yeah.
2: with the audience.
1: Maybe. Well, maybe we can get like a. Maybe if you want to, let us know in the Sat comments. Book ghost. Book ghost. Hashtag book ghost. And let us know to see if we have made a mistake. But for me, I mean, it's it's. Um, El
2: Acido. Is it's who... El Acido for me as yeah, well. Yeah, that's who I'm with. I mean, I, 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 I would like Lm. Limon is such a great name. He really should be El Lemon Junior when he takes oh, on El the Limon mental... Two, like yeah. Tiger Mask. Yeah. So I would. That would be my only qualifying bit because I, I'm not. I get why it's acid, but I think it's just going to confuse the gimmick with drugs. Mm-hmm. And this is a really strong food-based gimmick. What was um what was Chavo Senior's Chavo Classic?
1: Because you, <laughs> you can have Limon Classic as like his manager, almost like like Mickey in uh, in Rocky.
2: There'll be a fake Limon. <laughs> yeah. Ah, this is yeah, this is good. So yeah, uh, yeah I'm. Should we sign El Limon El, El Limon, Limon, Limon Junior.
1: And if you want to submit a mailbag question, all you have to do is become one of our awesome pledge hammers by pledging any dollar amount to us on Patreon. And then you can send in, you can put it as a post in our little community section we've got on there, which is very vibrant and active. And then we
2: will read out your questions on here and answer them the best we can. May I just do a Patreon update? Yes. Because we, of course, passed... Ah, uh, three thousand dollar. I think it was a month thing, some time ago. Some time ago, to build a new set, we were going to upgrade the set. We were going to get proper, like little microphones for our things like here, actual microphones on a desk. Yeah, rather than this uh, kind of clunky setup. And maybe be able to set it up for
1: for more people.
2: Yep, with with uh, El potentially or any guests and yes, wrestlers we can interview. We
1: would love to be able to do a three man booth
2: in here, but it's it's quite
1: cramped. Like, I mean, I like, I can touch the wall here,
2: and then yeah. you can from there and there's just t-shirts behind us so it's not a uh, it's not the best setup. Uh and you know we would been talking to set designers and they were going to come in and then the the part of the studio has collapsed. Yeah. Uh so we are currently on the hunt for a new studio and what that's going to be factored in, you know, like this new set. So that is that is delayed for quite some time, yeah, it was already delayed it we de- to delay it further yeah. due to
1: unforeseen circumstances like collapse the in studios, ceiling falling, the ceiling in, falling
2: yeah. in yeah um I, I, like it's we're lucky to have quite a large place at the moment, Brag. so we haven't been using that room, uh, but the other stuff obviously hasn't been affected, but we can't use, yeah, so we yeah, yeah we need to move but um yes yeah, so definitely by the end of the year hopefully beforehand let's do some mailbags
1: so here is the mailbag uh, first up from britain's next top model phil stopford i think to date the most successful um, person suggesting pay-per-views for Wrestle Ramble Extra. I think he's got a good track record at the what moment. What an accolade. Uh, so Phil Stopford is, suggest, is asking, as NXT call-ups continue to be botched, Sanity being the latest, whose call-up you guys think, uh, mm, hang on, Sanity being the latest, whose call-ups do you think they've actually done well? I'd offer up maybe Samoa Joe, probably Charlotte. Loving your work as always and thank you from the pledge hammer for all the work you guys do and proper warm welcome to Laurie Blake, three-man commentary team. So yeah, so that's why we don't do one at the moment. Uh, but yeah, who do you think, from the NXT call-up, do you think they have done particularly well? I mean, I've already got a couple that I could
2: name, I could throw out. It's fascinating, isn't it? Because there are so many people who have come through NXT. Yeah. Um, But I I am not going to count anyone who had a name before NXT. Mm-hmm. Like, I have to think of them as an NXT guy to really think well done WWE you created a star and then you called them up through your system and it was all okay mm-hmm. okay uh, interesting because that, Samoa Joe would be ruled out for me because yep. what he spent a year in NXT yeah yeah he's a TNA guy ROH guy in TNA in my head um same with Seth uh, Rollins Finn Balor I don't think WWE added much to no I think Seth Rollins really was a creation on the main roster though yeah. Like I well, wouldn't I wouldn't yeah. say he's a, well, surely he was a creation main. surely he was a creation from the shield. Yes, yeah, yeah, which was a main roster act. I see what you're saying. Like I don't I don't look at I know they are. What what's the question? Am I, I misinterpreting so, it? So
1: which call ups do you think have been done well? So basically the broad stroke is NXT call ups that have actually succeeded Because I think the kind mm. of like the, the general consensus is there have been very few actually successful oh, yeah. NXT call ups. Yeah. Uh but like Seth, it's, Seth would be the first person I'd think of as a former NXT champion, and he's you know done exceptionally well up on the main roster. The, the company's not always behind him, but they were behind him for a long stretch of time during that sort of twenty fourteen he was champion something like something that. like that. But they were really behind him at that point. Then maybe it's twenty fifteen. Because I would say, yeah, it was twenty fifteen. In fact, I was going to say Sasha Banks. Then what am I thinking? <laughs> It was nearly for a while. Charlotte, I think, is a good shout. As yeah. well. Charlotte is someone that they very much protected yeah. to make sure that she is getting a strong push coming
2: out of it. I'd also say Drew. I think that they're really doing a good job of protecting Drew. But is again, is he an NXT call-up? He's a WWE return, if anything. And he was only in NXT for nine months, if that. But he was technically... He technically uh, is an NXT call-up. See, i I'm sorry a former if I'm, NXT champion. Sorry if I'm uh, not taking your question... <clears throat> In the right parameters. But for me, it's got to be like a proper NXT person. Someone who's created their act, at least in NXT. Uh, And I, good grief, I can't think of many at all. Like Rusev. But Rusev has been considerably botched on the main roster. Also, Rusev was very different in NXT than he was up on the main roster. Yeah. Like, I. Yeah, because, like, I mean, even Kevin Owens, like, I'm familiar with him more as an ROH guy. Mm -hmm. And same with Sami Zayn. Uh, Although I I don't know where Sami Zayn wrestled beforehand because he's he's brand new. Um, new. Can I offer you up?
1: um, I mean, I'm going to step slightly outside the parameters that you're talking about Mm -hmm. and talk about people who are who could be considered an NXT caller, regardless of where they came from previously. Cesaro. Cesaro was a main roster guy, but went down to NXT and went back up a much better performer. And a performer that everyone was actually, the company was yeah. more behind. He, got, he was like, you know, just completely flat on the main roster until he went to NXT and had that amazing series with Sami Zayn. And then coming back off that, it was like, cool, now let's give this guy a bit of a push. And that push lasted for, you know, for however long it did. And then he became the tag team with DeBar.
2: And now they're doing quite right for themselves. Yeah, I, I guess you in the also, long run, Cesaro, but they haven't been on TV. You could also argue Roman Reigns.
1: You know, he, yeah. is, he was an NXT call-up who has main-evented WrestleMania four years in a row. He's facing Brock Lesnar for the main title of SummerSlam. I mean, you can't say that they've not got behind
2: an NXT call-up when Roman Reigns is uh-huh, so far uh-huh. pushed. You know what? In the first year, I would have said the Wyatt family. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That, that was a great call-up. And the Shield, really. Yeah, the Shield. And but the Shield yeah. weren't an act in NXT, is what I'm saying. No, yeah, 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 were an, an act. act. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah, okay, yeah. This yeah. is going to be a weird one as well. But I genuinely loved Enzo Amore. Yeah, when they, he came up with big Cass, yeah. So I, and like they were so over on the main roster for six months at least until, and they were kind of over. They were always over in spite of the push, and like what Enzo did as a heel. Uh, so pff, maybe I'd say Enzo. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. I could, I could certainly get behind it's, it's that really as, as an one. answer. And it's interesting. Well, I think a lot of people. Uh, okay, so I got a bit of flack this week because I was very down on on SmackDown. A huge disparity: sixty percent thought that the show was SmackTastic, if you can believe it, um, whereas only seven percent agreed to me thinking it was ellsworthy And that's a massive disparity. So I'm willing to admit that perhaps I'm I'm clearly I'm in the minority that short thought the show was quite poor. Aside from the fact that the opening match was good, but you know we were talking about the Joe attack could have been so much better if they had just changed this slight little wrinkle. We were talking about that earlier. But I rather thought, I didn't think the show was great. And a lot of people just instantly assume that because Sanity lose, I, don't, I dislike the show. Mm. And just like, well, they can't win all the time. And then I, I, the first thing I want to say is just like, well, I mean, look at the Shield. Yeah. When the Shield came in, they really protected them. And they won all the time. And now look where all three of them are. Like, all three of them are much more over because they were brought in and actually given a push from the outset, rather than brought in to be like, cool, now you just lose all the time, mm. and then you get nothing behind you. Yeah, like, wins it's, and it's,
2: losses do matter.
1: Wins and losses do matter. And so that's why I think the sanity thing really winds me up. But anyway, so are you going with Enzo? I'm going with Enzo, I think. Yeah, I'm going to go with someone like Charlotte, Seth Rollins, um, Drew McIntyre. I think there's, there's a good number of NXT call-ups that haven't been completely botched.
2: Completely botched. But they have been botched They have been botched You know They have been botched Like Seth Rollins Is doing great now But he had a he had a tough Couple of years Where they didn't know What his character was That Triple H feud Was drawn out forever He wasn't a baby face When he came back He was like this weird What was that all about Morally ambiguous yeah, person Yeah that was very bad Anyway next Right
1: question. Uh, ben Sawyer has got I mean this is less of a question but I think certainly more of a statement but I'll be interested to hear your thoughts on this mm. are we supposed to pretend WWE isn't somehow going to make AJ versus Joe at SummerSlam boring look at the AJ vs Nakamura match at Wrestlemania and the subsequent feud every dream match WWE gives to hardcore wrestling fans is always a letdown obviously I want the match to happen because it should be awesome and I have enjoyed Smackdown a lot recently but I'm not I'm having such a hard time being excited for it the way Luke and Ollie are don't get me wrong i'm not trying to be ultra smarky and act like wwe doesn't ever put on good matches they can do even on raw and smackdown and even on pay-per-views at times but it always feels like a deliberate decision to ruin the dream matches that all of us huge air quotes for luke's indie fans salivate over Mm. i'm convinced vince actually hates us
2: again i think wwe and their agents Book the match that they genuinely think is the best thing that they can do on the on the card the position of the card itself yeah, as well. Uh, I disagree with with them and how they did the Styles Nakamura match, but Styles Brock Lesnar was brilliant. Styles versus Balor was excellent. Those those are essentially dream matches, and I th- the the
1: final Styles versus Nakamura match at Money in the Bank. I thought it was awesome. I really, really liked that one. It
2: was, it was, it was good. I thought, it w- it yeah. wasn't like the level that they could have though. No, it wasn't their Wrestle
1: Kingdom. No, no. but I thought I still thought it was really, really
2: good. Yeah. So, but I, t- I mean, I, I, I don't know what to say. I totally agree with you. Like, it's there's, there is nothing in WWE's track record to prove that they can let these guys have the kind of match that would even be like scraping the bar of that was that was good. Yeah. But we've always said like WWE isn't about putting on dream matches because
1: that's not their company model. Their company model isn't, they're not a wrestling show. But Michael
2: Cole will say Dream Match again and again and again. He
1: certainly will. Chris Merriman asks, and I think we've had this question before, but how would you feel about all the main roster women only appearing on Raw and all the tag team division only appearing on SmackDown? This allows for more diverse feuds that won't have to be recycled as quickly, multiple storylines that aren't just about the title, more consistent TV time and the ability to add new belts that aren't just copies such as the Women's Intercontinental or Trios belt. Um, I mean, I've, I've... quickly answer this one because I've, I've said this before but I think putting all of the women onto one show just turns them into a gimmick and then you've just got an all male show on the other one which just seems
2: really just doesn't really work in 2018 I'd tell you what might be a way around it I uh, I'd tri- Trio's belts obviously yeah. uh, that'll fix any issue but if you have like the men's tag division exclusive to one brand and the women's tag division exclusive to the other that could work and you've still got women on uh, no, it wouldn't. No, it wouldn't. I don't. I don't know. I. I don't. Yeah, I don't like the idea of splitting up for women for for your reasons as well. Mm. Uh, yeah,
1: because it essentially says like oh you're just like the cruiserweights and you can only just be on one show mm. because you're a gimmick yeah. um, and Rob Ponton actually sort of follows up with this with another question which is um, uh, should they merge uh, everything together again I've never understood the point in having two separate brands when they are written the exact same way hmm. when I say separate shows I mean a different show a uh, different feel for each show for example Raw stays as the WWE show but turns Smackdown into a show where wrestlers have wrestling matches so I think what he's, he's suggesting is merging the two rosters back together but presenting two different shows so raw is the, the wwe storyline stuff and then on smackdown you just have the wrestling matches that side of it i'm not massively keen on but and, and i'm also actually not that keen considering the, the depth the roster has yeah of merging the two together you, we, people say that on smackdown people are struggling for tv time as it is um if you merge all them together and you start putting all the raw guys onto that show they're going to give me less time
2: yeah uh i I'm glad like I'm glad the brand split has happened because like you say there's like say if we get the the Bobby Lashley versus Roman Reigns feud at the moment it's only once a week but if they were on both brands you'd see that on SmackDown the next night as well mm-hmm. and it'll be twice a week and these matches that are repetitive already I'm pretty sure they're just double down on them. Oh, totally. Yeah. 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 You would just do the exact same a thing. A rematch once. the very next but night. I was going to
1: say you all you've got to do is look back at the times when SmackDown when they did they merged those rosters back together and they called Raw the Super Show which had mm-hmm. Raw and SmackDown guys but then SmackDown only still had SmackDown guys. SmackDown was such a nothing show. Yeah. There was literally no point in watching the show and when they merge the rosters that always happens to SmackDown it becomes there's no point in watching it. However that will change when they go to Fox and SmackDown becomes the A show and Roman Reigns Braun Strowman. Ronda Rousey Or go to that show mm. um, And yeah. just, and essentially Raw will just be Smackdown And Smackdown Will become Raw I think they'll Equal out You reckon they'll Equal yeah, out Yeah I yeah. think
2: They'll treat them Treat them the same mm. Well we'll see
1: uh, And finally Chris Smith has got One last question For us If you could get Ooh. One honest answer From Vince McMahon
2: What would you Ask him One honest answer From Vinnie Mack What would you Ask him I mean Like for For just Morality reasons Probably something about Jimmy Snooker <laughs> like you'd have to because that's yes. that's Be the interesting to know ah uh, man, that is a great question what well, have question. you have you got um you got one?
1: No, I mean, an honest answer is very difficult because actually uh, my first port of Corby be like, what were you thinking during the invasion? But the honest answer would be the answer that he more or less gives and sort of like the company-wide answer, which has always been like, we didn't really know what we had. We didn't know what to do with it. So we just sort of made it up as we went along mm-hmm. and it all fell apart very quickly. Um, so yeah, so I don't know. Like, I've already sort of got an honest answer about that. And that genuinely does feel like an honest answer. of just like, we don't know. Yeah. yeah, that is an honest answer. So yeah, I mean... Yeah, morality thing, that's where you'd go. I think, like, did did you know? Yeah. yeah. Uh, did you Did you cover
2: it up? Yeah, or, Yeah. just like, because uh, then that could help the legal proceedings. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I, just, I mean, I'm sure
1: there are so many. I'm sure people will have a better answer mm. for this in the comments. I'm trying to think <laughs> if there really
2: is a question I would love to ask Vince. It's just like, you know, like, like, like you said about the invasion one, it's just going to be an answer like that, really.
1: Yeah, because I, I think that will be... I mean, but Macho Man. Well, that was the other one I was thinking of, yeah. But maybe you get the, the Bruce Pritchard, like his level of honesty, which is just like, I've never heard that story before. Well, no,
2: not on that. You could just say, what happened to cause a rift between you and Macho, and Macho Man? And Actually, yeah,
1: that would be a really interesting yeah. question to ask. That's, it's more of a personal thing you want to ask. It's like, what caused the personal uh, rift between you and Jarrett?
2: I just remember the, the freaking proper one yeah like the screw job is it a work oh there you that's go, the one absolutely. that's staring us
1: in the face was yeah was montreal all the work yeah because yeah. things like the Jarrett one you might get like yeah he tried to hold me up for money he would be like cool well now i know that mm. but i suppose yeah was finally Mon- put it to the rest, rest. <laughs> was montreal a work yeah that'd be quite a good one to ask cool So our first email we've got here is from James Huntley, who's a $10 Patreon backer. And he's got a correspondence here, which is just D&D correspondence. This is the one that you were going to read out, but we had to cut up Indeed. time. Indeed. And funny enough, actually, I actually got a tweet from James saying, like, well, I sent you an email, but I haven't heard it on the show yet. And then another one about half an hour later was like, I've just listened to the podcast and you're going to read it
2: out next week. You, you called him your favorite fan, didn't you? I didn't You say were him, like, didn't say his everyone name, else isn't as
1: good as him. Everyone else is pretty rubbish. Yeah. But this guy's really great. I think that's exactly what I said word for word, Mm -hmm. yeah. Uh, I and you rolled your eyes. <laughs> and refused to sell him any merchandise. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I thought I'd share with you my first ever D&D character and backstory. I had to start my first campaign based on you hearing talk about your favourite board games on the Wrestle Ramble. Since a lot of the games I play are the same as yours, I thought, why the hell not? The reasoning behind the outrageous nature was loosely based on how silly, yet awesome, the crap gimmicks are. So his character is Aurelio Bearkiller, the twice orphaned, fourth uh, level 4, Goliath Barbarian. This is the name given to him by the Goliath Militia because no one knows his true last name. (laughs) When Aurelio was very young, his parents were killed by a bear in the middle of the night. Being an abnormally strong Goliath, Aurelio snuck behind the bear and killed it. This left him as an orphan and scared of bears. The townsfolk were able to track down a foster family for him, however in the middle of the night his foster family were killed by another bear. This left Aurelio twice orphaned. Following this, he was taken into permanent care by the Goliath Militia, given his surname and trained how to track bears down until he remain where he remained until he was an adult now Aurelia, bear killer the twice orphaned uh, child has started to venture forth to valin towards the great barrier to investigate rumblings that he may have family members that need protection from bears in the long lost village with no name hope this lightens up your day
2: a bit my party got quite the chuckle when i explained my character backstory to them i d- so i have never played dungeons and dragons but since you and fake door have started here and you talk about it a lot it does seem really exciting and fun um but that to me sounded like like a a backstory that is funny but super like the potential to be super serious sad as well well that's it i was buying into the more empathy side of that like oh what a tragic backstory exactly and that's the sort of backstory that
1: when you present it to your dungeon master because you would have presented to your dungeon master in advance of starting the campaign
2: they can then take elements of that and work that into Mm. the story to
1: build this immersive world for you
2: he might have been unbearable. <laughs> but I still love
0: your jokes.
1: Because <laughs> yeah, my character's backstory is that he was... Um,
2: Drunken priest.
1: Not too far off, in all fairness. He, he's a monk, but uh, he had to go into monkhood because he was like from a very famous family of warriors. But he decided to just use the fame of... And not go be a warrior, and instead just be a
2: drunken lout. I'm worried that's what's going to happen to my kids. Yeah, eventually. they're just going to. Oh yeah,
1: they're just going to live
2: off the Davis name. Yeah, yeah. Like and my famous kids. warrior background. <laughs> yeah, warrior in like. I'm worried I left the oven on. I'm worried I didn't close the door. I'm worried I've left all the windows open. I'm worried the studio's going to burn down. Yep, that kind that's of warrior. Kind of thing.
1: Uh, so, would you like an email uh, from? And I'm going to butcher
2: this name now. Rakan. Dan S-O-U-E-I-D-A-N I I mean, I I would like that But I'm also quite on the edge of my seat About the Patreon poll
1: Oh yes, of course, yeah, 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 totally So, this will have changed by the time this podcast Mm. Goes out, because There's two days of us, between us recording this And actually going live When are you going to close the poll? It closes on Sunday So, you may recall yesterday There was only 4% in it Yeah There was between SummerSlam 2000, which was leading the way. My favourite pay-per-view ever. And SummerSlam 2010, which is the (laughs) pay-per-view that nearly made you quit watching wrestling. And I said there's only 4% in it. The tides have changed. Oh, Jesus. SummerSlam 2000 has 31%. SummerSlam 2010 now has 36%. It's had a late surge in votes. And people are starting to push it towards
2: 2010. Now I remember the polls. I remember the polls before the Trump Clinton thing and the <laughs> Brexit. It was all over that. No pollers don't know anything. <laughs> they don't know anything until the final results come in. So there is still a chance. I mean, come on, people. SummerSlam <laughs> 2000. I am. I was thinking about this. I was like, would it be fun to rewatch
1: 2010? And then I thought, no. I don't think it will be, be sad honest, because not only like aside from the fact there is that like you know ten man tag or whatever it was like the fourteen man tag or whatever it was to to end the show, there is nothing else on that card that's worth talking about. No, do you know one of the matches is Sheamus versus Randy Orton for the WWE Championship when Sheamus was like who? Champion. I, I couldn't tell you who was champion. <laughs> I can't tell you who won. I could not tell you anything about that match because who could possibly care?
2: Whoa! Oh, what you seen this? Why I've just I've just gotten up the card. SummerSlam had seven matches on. Well, that's because the main event went like an hour. Yeah, well, thirty-five minutes. But I guess is entrance... it really only thirty-five minutes? Oh, I suppose yeah. With, with entrances, entrances, yeah. And 55.
1: you've got all the, the gubbins as well with John Cena going like the seventh man is Daniel Bryan, and you have the, the big Daniel Bryan return. So do you want to hear Spoilers. this? Evan Bourne. Can, can I can I predict that one of the matches is Dolph Ziggler versus
2: The Miz, or Dolph Ziggler versus Kofi Kingston? It's, yeah, it's yes, Ziggler versus yes, Kofi Kingston it. for the IC title. <laughs> Blimey! I mean, that, I, was, I, that was eight years ago. I bet you that's one of the standout matches of their entire run. It's
1: went the one. Seven it's the, minutes. It's the one
2: that everyone talks about between of that like best of five thousand series that they had. Oh good grief! Randy Orton versus Sheamus went twenty minutes. Twenty? You are kidding me. Twenty
1: minutes? Oh, this show sounds awful.
2: Kane versus Rey Mysterio. Oh dearie me! That's not even like the main nineteenth. Oh stuff. my god. Melina versus Alicia Fox. No! Is it that one? Five minutes 20.
3: And and real Dan suggested
1: this with, like, it's got Daniel Bryan's amazing return. A, return was not
2: amazing. B, not a reason to watch a pay-per-view. And it was Big Show. Oh, my God. Big Show defeats all three members of the Straight Edge Society. (laughs) Joey Mercury, Luke Gallagher, CM, CM Punk. Punk. Oh, man. Oh, you're making my head hurt. <laughs> okay, right. What's going to happen now is people are going to be like, oh, it's funny hearing them all depressed. I want them to review that. Okay. but d- 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 Let's just look at the card for SummerSlam 2000 to equal this out. I can already tell you something. The first TLC match. The first ever TLC match. Between the right hun- to censor versus too cool lovely stuff thank you very much mate I'll have some of that Uh, X-Puck versus Road Dog Eddie Guerrero and China Beating Trish Stratus And Val Venus Oh I remember that being Quite a good match actually Jerry Lawler versus Taz <laughs> It was when
1: it was when Taz Was making fun of JR Because he smashed a window With JR He's like I'm blind JR No it was the It was the The, the Sweet Jar the Sweet
2: Jar That was the other one yeah Oh was that the other one That wasn't this, this one This
1: might be Actually this might be The one where Raven debuts mm. For the WWF Or that might be The
2: pay per view after Because they do the match the second time So we did um, We did Benoit versus Jericho In what was the 2000 Vengeance Something Oh, Which one was it Judgment Day No Maybe It was like It was after WrestleMania And it was before this And they had like A series of matches Uh, But yeah Benoit versus Jericho In a 2 out of 3 Fools match Steve Blackman Versus Shane McMahon In a hardcore match The first ever Spot when Shane did his fall off the title.: It was't the
1: first one, but it was one of the biggest ones. he it done, he done, he done,
2: it, no, he done one. it with big show as well.: That was later. was that later that was later?
1: But this one I remember the most because this one where he takes a massive fall.
2: Yeah, the cat versus Terry. Well, let's not go too far in yeah. the excitement levels. Kane versus Undertaker
1: and- Oh, that's the one where um, taker like rips off of part of his mask. I
2: don't think that match ends. Yeah, no contest. Yeah. Uh, sorry, the, to go back to Kat versus Terry, that was a stink face match. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes, mate.
2: <laughs> uh, and Al Snow and Perry Saturn are in the r- respective corners. Of course, the TLC, the first ever one between Edge Christian, Dudley Boys and the Hardy Boys, and the triple threat main event of The Rock taking on Triple H and Kurt Angle as the culmination of... For the Triple H, Stephanie McMahon, Kurt Angle, Love Triangle, the Triple H squashed. I was going to say, it was the culmination where they're fighting over the main
1: prize in the company, Stephanie McMahon. And The Rock is very much the third wheel in this match, along with his WWF Championship, which just does not seem important. But hey, this was like the biggest thing ever to me as a kid. And also, that storyline. A- and that match is incredible as well, because that's the one where Kurt Ca- Angle yeah. suffers a concussion within like the first, like, two minutes of the match and like is unable to wrestle and everything they had planned out had to be scrapped and rock and triple h just had to call the whole thing on the fly and if, if memory serves it's been a few years since i've seen it but i think you can almost see how triple h is leading the match yeah and it's just like let's do this let's do this let's do this and, and rock is
2: just following along and when angle comes back out for the finish i remember an interview where trip like he said triple h was just going now you do this yeah now you do that yeah so just like yeah I mean, we we crap on Triple H a lot, but man, what a lock he's a, a pro. What an in-ring general he can be! Yeah.
1: So anyway, let's have this uh, bit of correspondence uh, before we get out of here. This. this, as I said previously, was from it's from Raycon Sudan. I'm going to go with, "Hello, Luke, non Ollie. Since you and Ollie have been regaling Wrestle Talk audiences with stories about the agony, art, and wrestling-related romances, I thought I would share how I met my current girlfriend under under rather nerdy circumstances. Nice. So he has called this, and you know. Let's see if you want to agree with this. Quite possibly the nerdiest relationship origin story.
2: I mean, but y- you and your lady partner met on the set of a horror film. That science, you science, fi- science fiction. Okay, Thank you very so much. it's got it. Yeah, you've got, you've got competition already there, man. We can't pronounce the name of. Can uh, well, let me just read you this first sentence. Okay. A few months
1: ago, I was hosting a 10-year anniversary screening in Vancouver, Canada, of an extremely low-budget Star Trek fan film.
2: Okay, yep, yeah, okay, yep, yeah, <laughs> let, let, carry on. Come, finish, Engage.
1: Finish that I made with some friends back in my early 20s. Oh, wow. And he has sent us a link to it as well. Oh, fantastic. Which I think we're going to watch when we leave and we get out of recording this. Before the film started, a friend introduced me to a woman I thought was really cute who ends up making quite an impression on me. We chatted more the next day, and it turned out turned out that in the, her audition, um turned out that in addition of her love of Star Trek she's also a big wrestling fan in fact she even oh. pre- performs sporadically in a women's wrestling league known as Anacondo a real estate developer uh, as Anacondo a real estate developer slash snake woman oh Please that's see great. attached image which is pretty much the perfect gimmick in Vancouver given the city's drastic housing shortage I love that that's such a niche reference to the area that you're wrestling in yeah
2: love that I mean it's already signed so it's <laughs> <crap gimmick> <laughs> roster. <laughs>
1: I invited her out to an indie wrestling show that weekend and we immediately hit it off. She's an incredibly kind, sweet woman, and the past few months have been memorable to say the least. I'm This not- is a recent romance! I'm not one of fairy tale endings, but a lot of my friends are already describing her as my perfect match. But will it be an Iron Man? I sure hope so. Whichever way the story ends, I'm thrilled the follies of my youth led me towards Anacondo. Thanks for all your hard work and amazing content each and every week, and a warm welcome to El Fecador Laurie Blake. Best regards. Can Sudan? So yeah, he sent us an image of Anaconda. There she is,
2: the real estate lady. Fantastic slash snake lady. So, so she's actually dressed up like a snake, <laughs> it was wearing like a, uh, a blazer, like a blazer. Because what I thought, and she's got a binder, which I'd imagine has got lots of properties in there. Yeah, or snakes. <laughs> I thought it would be a sort of a, you know, a, a what do you call them? A real estate person. Yeah, what are they called? A, a real agent. Yeah, we call her a realtor. Her. Yeah, uh, but also they do the snake dancing gimmick where they have an actual snake, Jake the Snake style. Yeah, no, this but is no, so much no. Better. She's dressed
1: up like a snake. What you can't see as well, because I, I can see them a bit closer. She's wearing contact lenses as well to give her like snake eyes. Brilliant, so good. Thank you very much for that email. That really put a smile on my face. And
2: we wish you all the best in your nerdy, nerdy life. Totally right. We... Like that's that's it's bound to work out.
1: They both love Star Trek and wrestling. They should like she should listen to
2: this. What so why isn't she listening to this? Hey, maybe he's gonna like give her this to listen to. Be like, look at this
1: lovely. You know, just put it on the background. Just be like, oh, can I just quickly listen to this podcast? Yeah. Um. While while I'm doing the dishes or what have you, and then she's gonna be like doing the dishes or maybe cooking some dinner, maybe just. Oh
2: my god, that's. Oh us. my god, that's
1: yeah. us. Yeah. Or you know, probably she's probably way cooler than what we're or making, like right?
2: this. <laughs> Speaking in slithering S- snake tongue. Would you like a property? Yeah. You know,
1: because I'd imagine that's just what they talk like in, you know, people, people get so into their gimmicks. They live the gimmick, brother. Yeah, but just put A at the end because they're, <laughs> they're Canada. So, yeah, we are going to watch your fan, uh, your Star Trek fan film as well. Maybe we'll review that on next week's show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but that is all we've got time for for this Saturday edition of the Wrestle Ramble. Thank you very much for listening. We will be back again later on today with our World of Sport thoughts, so I'd love to...
2: WOS Sorry, Wrestling. yes,
1: WOS Wrestling Thoughts, thank you very much. Uh, I misspoke, uh, so do you give that a listen, and we'll be back on Tuesday with the Raw review, where Brock Lesnar is going to be on the show.
2: It's well, the- let's not get
1: too excited. Well, we think he's on the show, he's
2: advertised for the show. That hasn't stopped them before. That uh, hasn't stopped them before,
1: but it'll be the first time he's been on TV since the Greatest Royal Rumble, which I'll be honest, feels like a lifetime ago. I could have almost sworn it was last year. But that's all we've got time for for this episode. We'll see you on Tuesday. Take care, I love you, goodbye. Right. Hey.